Hey, what's up, Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. Hope you guys and gals are doing exceptionally well. Hope you all are excited about today's lesson because I am. Today, we're going to be talking about the power of your words. Again, the power of your words. If you're watching me live right now, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube, do me a big favor. Share this broadcast out. If you watch a little bit later, thank you for sharing it, for liking and being a part of this video. And if this is your very first video and this is something that you see that will help aid you if you walk with God, go ahead and feel free. Subscribe, hit the bell, all that good stuff. I would love to have you to be a part of my community here online. And today's message is very impactful. It may be um, um, something that many people may not be intrigued by, but it's a very pivotal thing in our lives, which is words. So if you're coming in live right now, let me know where you're watching from, what city, what state, all that good stuff. And so I can know who's in the room and all that good stuff. And we'll get right into it. But for those who um, are unfamiliar with this course, it's the purpose of singleness course for those who are single or those who are unsure about the relationship. This course is to really help you make sense of this season, how to maximize it and utilize it to um, to exceed and, and excel in the other areas of your life. So if you want today's worksheet, you can do so by going to um, lifework.teachable.com. I'm about to post that link there now where you can be able to download this worksheet for free. And you will be able to follow along with me right now, as well as I have an activity for you to help guard your words and all that good stuff. So let me know where you guys and gals, ladies and gentlemen, watching from, and then we'll get right into today's lesson. Uh, let's see who's all here. <clears throat> oh, got to scroll up, scroll up, scroll up, scroll up. All right. I'm here and I'm ready. Ooh, I'm glad you have been waiting for this episode for days. I know I'm glad we got it here for you. Thank you for working on this. You're so welcome. I ain't want to butcher your name up. So I respect it. Um, I guess y'all know each other. That's awesome. Uh, feeling a lot. Oh, y'all still talking to each other. Hey, coach, what's going on? Divine 15, what's going on? Infamy ASAP, what's going on? I have been missing MIA because the finals need to catch. No worries. We got you in the building now. That's right. The mouth. I'm glad. I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Thank you so much for watching the badges. I feel you. Um, from Michigan, what's going on, Aline? Andrea Tucker, what's going on for Los Angeles? Thank you for watching from LA. Oh, you got two people right there from LA. All right, who else is here? We got uh West Covina, California. We got Charlotte in the building, that's where I'm from. Diana from Fort Lauderdale's in the building. What's going on, S. Bell? Let's see where I'm at. Uh, okay, Renata Rio de Janeiro, what's up? Thank you for watching from there. Blessings to you and your family for the Bronx, New York. Thank you so much for Cassandra. Thank you so much for because thank you so much, Cassandra. I really appreciate that. Uh, we got Denver in the building. We got Cleveland in the building, Michigan, New York again. We got Vancouver, Canada. Thank you all so much for what just enrolled. Thank you for the opportunity. You're so welcome. Dallas in the building. Barbados, California, Bayina, Florida. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get right into today's lesson. Go ahead and share. Go ahead and like as you come in. St. Louis, New York in the building. Thank you all so much for watching. But like I said, today we're going to be talking about the mouth and our words and, and the power of our words. And I'm going to go ahead and get my notes up so that we can really get um, going here. Um, today we're going to be talking about, like I said, the power of our words. Our words have immense power. Our main thought for today's session is this. Count your words so that your words will count and won't count against you. Count your words so that your words count and won't count against you. That's our main thought. We're going to discuss that in depth because it's very important we make our words count that in, in regards to not counting against us. But let's get right into our main points. We got three of them. Today, we're going to be talking about the power words have, types of words, as well as how to better watch over our words. The powers words have, types of words, and how to better watch over your words. So let's get right into our main point or, or our first problem. But before we get there, we're going to talk about 
the power of spoken and unspoken words. Let's get right into it. The problem. Many singles are completely unaware of just how powerful their words are. Many singles are completely unaware of just how powerful their words are. For many, their word count is either excessively above or extremely below where it needs to be. One of the problems when it comes to people, singles, and everyone, period, when it comes to words, is that many singles of people are completely unaware of just how powerful their words are. For many, their words count, oh, sorry. For many, their word count is either excessively above or extremely ab below where it needs to be. The second problem, they are developing poor speaking habits in their singleness that would drastically affect their relationships and what they are reaching for. Basically, many singles right now, many people, period, are completely unaware of just how powerful their words are. The Bible talks about even out of Jesus' mouth that everyone would be, uh, it would be uh, on judgment day, uh, would be held accountable to every idle word. Not only is God concerned about evil words or positive words, he's also concerned about idle words because words have power. Everything that we are experiencing now that's good came out of the mouth of God. That right now, the whole world is being sustained off of what God said thousands of years ago in the phrase, let there be. And that's why he's saying the reason why I want you to bridle your tongue and to guard your mouth because mouth, your words can't create. Thank you so much for giving. I really appreciate that. That your words have power. You have what you say. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we have to understand that we do not have, our creative ability is not equal to God, but our words do have power. And we have to be very cognizant that we're not speaking or developing speaking habits that will drastically affect, for those who are single, their marriage or drastically affect of, of any area of life that they have, because you do have what you say. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue, meaning that your words have power. And the one of the top things in life that you need to make sure that you guard and have self-control over is your tongue. It says many singles are completely unaware, and you can tell by your words. If your words are many, if your words are not enough, then you don't really honor words. Many singles are completely unaware of just how powerful their words are. For many, their word count is either excessively above or extremely below where it needs to be. That there is a way, a, 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 a type of talk that we're supposed to have, a type of speech we're supposed to have. And it's important for you to understand that, that I have to speak in, in, in accordance to the will of God, that I have to make sure that my tongue is, is girded, that my tongue is limited because of the power that I have. But so many people's words are either excessively above or extremely below where it needs to be. Let's talk about the excessively above. Some people just keep rattling off with the words. What's going on, Miss J? They just keep talking. And their words become so many to the point to where they, they confuse themselves or they bring in unnecessary drama into their life, unnecessary demonic activity in their life because their words give them give demons legal clearance to cause whatever you say. That's why I tell people when they talk to me, don't say that's my diabetes or I have uh, uh, this disease. Just say that your body is not at is not up to par in health. Start because when you identify with a disease, that disease has power. You ever seen the demonstrations where you have a plant? 
uh, I think it's plant or water. I think it's plants and water that they'll put words on the outside of that bottle. And even when a person walks by and even think about that word, that negative energy that that word sparked in that person goes into the flower, goes into the water. And what they were saying was in the jar where the flower had positive words, that flower began to blossom. The flower that had negative words or was spoken negatively over that that um that plant died. If it worked to that degree to plants, what does it do to us? That when you continue to speak negatively and you can continue to identify with mental illnesses and identify with diseases and identify with your past or identify with trauma and drama, then you will begin to manifest that. That's why you got to make sure that you speak over your life, that you know that your words are anchored in the uh, active and living word of God so that you can have life. And if that works for plants, what ha what happens when we speak negatively or accept the negative words of others? We will begin to find ourselves not blossoming, but bending over without life. Words have power. I stopped saying certain things because I said I'm not going to even idly uh, because demons don't care if you didn't mean to say it or not. They're going to they're going to use whatever loopholes within your mouth. That's loose words loosened out of your mouth. They will utilize any loophole to langle, to latch around you uh, cycles of addictions and issues. That's why you got to understand the power of your words so that you will say, I'm only going to speak what the word says. I'm only going to speak positively. I'm going to only speak from a perspective that comes from the pages of God's word because what you speak is a direct reflection of how you think. So if you change the way you think, you can change the way you speak and you will change what you have. Many singles are completely unaware just how powerful their words are. For many, their word count is either excessively above or extremely below where it needs to be. Discipline in the mouth is one of the most important things. We must bridle our tongue. We must make it our effort to hear what we're saying and ask ourselves, do I even agree with this that I'm saying? Let's keep going. They are developing poor speaking habits in their singleness that would drastically affect their relationships and what they are reaching for. Right now, as a single person, you got to watch over your words because your thought patterns turn into talk patterns which will then determine the path that you walk on. You are what you think. You are what you speak. That's right. We got to discipline our mouths. We got to say, you know what? Do I want to, do I really want what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? And I got to make sure that I'm developing speaking habits that won't mess me up in, 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 in other platforms. I want to um, limit my vocabulary. I want to make my uh, words specific and strategic and, 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 and uh, spirit filled. So that when I'm in certain rooms, those words have power. The more you engage the word of God and you meditate on a day and night and you meditate as you go out and as you go in and you marinate it and you become those scriptures, then when you speak, you speak in the words of God. See, your soul is a sponge. I remember one time I was playing basketball back in college and I wasn't a cusser, um, but I was listening to a lot of music with cuss words. And then I, I was wondering like, man, Every time I get fouled, every time I get in this competitive basketball, why am I cussing? And I realized at that moment at 19 or 20 that whatever I soak in when pressed will come out. So you got to be cognizant of what you allow to be in your life because when life presses you and when you go through, you will speak it. What happens when you're pressed in a challenging situation? What do you speak? Because you have what you say. Do you speak fear? Or do you speak faith? 
So you got to make sure that your foundation is sure that you soaking up the word of God so that when you are pressed, faith filled words come out, not fear filled or 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 just any other type of verbiage. Let's keep going. Now, let's get to our next uh, screen here. And we're going to get right into uh, make sure I do this right. Give me one second. All right, here we go. All right. Now we're going to talk about. There are four powers of words. There are four powers of words. There are positive words. There are painful words or negative words, pent up words and personal words. These phrases or categories of words have their own unique power is what I'm trying to say. Um, so each of these words have their own unique power. And each of your words or each of the, the main words that are spoken are in these different categories. Either you're speaking positive words, painful words, which are negative, pent up words, words that should be spoken but are not spoken, or personal words. Look at positive. You have uh, each of these words have effects is what I'm trying to say. Is that when I have a positive mind, that's right, guard your gates. When I have a positive mind and I have a positive outlook, a biblical mind and a biblical outlook, perspectives engineered by the spirit of God himself, then every word that I speak will be positive. That when I speak, it doesn't matter uh, what's going on in my life, that every everything in life from my perspective is glass half full, not glass half empty, or honestly, my glass overflowing. See, I don't even want to look at my glass half full because I'm always overflowing because I have grace that's overflowing. I got God's love that's ever flowing. So I don't look at my glass half full. I look at my glass overflowing because even if your glass is half full, if you think overflow, you will have overflow. Now, this ain't no prosperity talk. But what I'm saying is if your perspective is always in the prosperous category, in the productive category, in the preparation category, and you're developing patterns and such, then you won't even, you won't. Oh, you won't have your glass half full. You will have your glass overflowing so that you'll know that I have more than enough because of the spirit of God. That no matter what comes out of me, I have this river inside of me, the spirit of God, that's going to always replenish what I give. So no matter what, I'm freely, I'm freely giving positivity. I'm speaking positive over my life because I'm full of the positive electric spirit of God that loosens my tongue to speak in accordance to his will. And that's important that you say, you know what? I'm only going to speak what's of the word of God because I will continue to overflow into positivity. And then you will always be optimistic. You will always be a person walking by faith, not by sight. And you will find yourself reaping from positive rewards. Let's go to the next one. Painful words. You got to be very careful with the painful words that you speak. <clears throat> positive and painful words are usually encompassing of the third and fourth point. But painful words, you got to make sure that you don't allow even in your own mind, that you don't even get so caught up on uh, 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 rehearsing painful words that may have been spoken by your mom, your dad, your friends, or uh, or, or whatever, that you say these painful words, I'm not going to let these negative words into my life. Because words from others are seized in the mind. And if you allow that person to have too much clout and too much uh, um, uh, validity in your life, then you will take everything they say. It's crazy how we receive more words from people uh, um, that's negative than we do from God. What does God say about you? 
You see what I'm saying? What does the word of God say about you? But if you continue to be around negativity and you continue to rehearse negativity or pain from the past, then you're going to speak those things. You're going to be like, you're going to be saying, well, this is my issue or I always do this and make excuses for your verbiage. And you wonder why you're getting garbage back. You see what I'm saying? You want to be a person that says, you know, it doesn't matter what I've been through. It doesn't matter. No matter the pain that I'm getting from or going through right now, I'm going to continue to see um, the positivity in it. I'm going to see the glory in it. I'm going to see uh, uh, and, and allow God to continue to manifest his will from it so that I don't get so caught up in speaking negative and those words come into my life. And a lot of single people, they're speaking negative right now, uh, uh, a negativity towards God that's setting them up to settle. That's setting them up to, to be in bad relationships. That's setting them up to utilize words that will be painful to the ear of their husband or wife. If you can't control your tongue and your singleness, you're not going to control your tongue in your marriage. At least when you're single, you're the only one that suffer the ramifications of your own negative words. But when you begin to practice negative uh, speaking patterns, it will begin to flow into your relationships. And most people don't even realize that. They don't know that your negative talk and your painful words right now are going. That's right. Victim mentality. That's right. West Coast Cali. People understand that if you keep having a victim mentality, you will always be a victim. We as believers are supposed to have a victor, a victor's uh, uh, mentality where I always overcome. It doesn't matter what you're going through because of Christ. You can always overcome. You are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. You see what I'm saying? We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. The word of our testimony is very important. The blood of the lamb is the reason why we can overcome because he paid the debt. He paid the bill. So now we can continue to do what we're supposed to do. But the word of our testimony, we got to speak and testify of the goodness of God. That I don't care what test or temptation is in front of me before I take the test forward. Before I take the test now, I look backwards and say, okay, how can I find a testimony that will help me uh, 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 fulfill this test? Before you take a test, rehearse your testimony. Where has God brought you from? And that gratitude will then affect your attitude and then it will get into uh, your life and into your words. And then you will always be victorious. Two people going through the same thing can have a different outcome, all based upon a perspective. One person going through this, the same as this person, but this person look at it negatively. This one has a positive outcome and this person overcomes. And this person over here who's speaking negative is suffering the consequences of it. Also, forms of powerful words are pinned up words, words that are withheld. How much power have we withheld? Words of encouragement to our children, words of encouragement to our husbands and wives, words of encouragement, speaking what's fit the occasion, um, uh, uh, words that we have withheld. It's crazy how much power we have yet to give, power that we hold back, power that we know what the word of God says, but we're afraid to speak it. Do not allow fear, frustration, faults, or failures to keep words of faith from coming out of your mouth. You got to speak. You can't pin it up. You can't be selfish. You can't hold it in. You can't be insecure. You got to speak those things that be not as though they were. You got to, you can't pin that up. You can't, you got to let it out. You see what I'm saying? A lot of people are holding back power from being spoken in lives. A lot of people right now are drastically affected by the words that wasn't spoken. Right? I'm going to get to you, Chelsea. I was actually in a situation where I blurted out my mentor's age and she brought, okay, my attention the next day I was, okay, gotcha. We got, we can't because what we blurt can cause hurt. You see what I'm saying? And so what we have to understand is that 
We can't be a person that holds things in, pin it up, because a lot of people right now are suffering from unspoken words. There's power in the unspoken. A lot of women right now are suffering due to the unspoken words of their father or the spoken words of their mom. A lot of people are reaching and trying to gain a, a love because of the love they didn't hear. But let me encourage you. It doesn't matter what your mama didn't say. You know, I don't care what your daddy didn't say. I don't care what you didn't, what you have never heard. God wants to speak into your life. God has already spoken. Before you was even formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. He knew you, formed you, fashioned you. Who cares what you didn't hear? What does the word of God say about you? What does God want to say through his spirit to you? You see what I'm saying? So, so many people are drastically affected because of the unspoken words. And that should encourage us, those with wives, those with husbands, those with family members, those with kids, to make sure that we speak encouraging words. When I see people that, that, that I know uh, uh, are, are, that I'm invested in, that are kids, I make sure I speak life into them. When they say something negative, we don't talk like that. Nah, what's up? What are you thinking that way? What's going on? You all right? You got to change what you say because you have what you say. And the enemy wants you to overly indulge in what you never heard or the wrong words and cause you to be so imprisoned by them that you identify with them. And once you identify with them, now you ultimately uh, uh, destroy and have that negativity in your life. Also, another category P in the P's here, personal words, personal words. You got to be very careful what you say to yourself positively painfully, or even pent up. What do you say by yourself? See, positive words was more so what you say to others, painful words, what you say to others. But there's time when you talk to yourself. I talk to myself. I saw a meme that uh, someone said, why do you talk to yourself? He said, why wouldn't I consult the realest, the realest person I know? You know what I'm saying? And so that's how I feel. I don't mind talking to myself. I just don't answer myself. But what I'm saying, I talk to myself. I encourage myself. I speak God's word over myself. I process. Josh, we don't think like that. We, I, get, I get into me and say, no, we don't think this way, man. You have what you say. So my personal words are always from the page of the word of God are always positive. And if anything negative slips up, man, no, no, come that, bring that back. I counsel that. I renounce that in Jesus name. I block that. I counsel the scheme or the potential scheme that could be used by me giving clearance demonically to these demons. And so what I do, I don't get caught up in, in, in what everybody else is saying over there. I worry about what am I speaking over myself? Some of us, we got to go to that mirror and encourage ourselves. And say, you know what? No, we don't think this way. We don't talk this way. We don't live this way. You better than this. This is what the word of God says about you. So we have to understand that there's power in the positive words, painful words, pent up words, and in our personal words, what we speak over ourselves and what we say to ourselves. The next, per next point here says, with words, with words, there will always be a sender a message and a receiver. Just think about that as we navigate. Thank y'all so much for your generosity. I really appreciate y'all giving. I really do. Really do appreciate it. With words, there will always be a sender, <clears throat> a message, and a receiver. <clears throat> Remember that as we navigate. Let's see where I, where, does, where do I want to go now, Holy Spirit? Where do you want me to go? All right, let's get the next point up and then we'll elaborate some more here. Types of words. But before we get into types of words, let's talk about uh, some scriptures that will kind of give us some understanding of what does the word of God say about our words. It says in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. Man, you cannot love your words, man. 
You cannot fall in love with your words. So many people are eating the fruit of their words. Are you eating life or are you eating death? What are you eating? You know what you're eating. If you look at your life right now, you know exactly what you're getting. You have what you say. What's being manifested today are yesterday's words. Please understand that. What's being manifested today is yesterday's words. What will be manifest tomorrow are today's words. Because your words, when spoken, affects the brain. It affects the perspective. You're now giving clearance to your whole body and clearance of demonic spirits and a divine angel, angelic support to go on behalf. Now, we're not sitting there saying that your words limit God. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. But you have what you say. And so demons will look through the loopholes within the words that are loosely coming out of your mouth to find an advantage against you, cause you to identify. So the word of God is very clear that death and life are in the power of the word of the tongue. Everything in life is started off from words. God said, let there be. He didn't have to lift a finger. He utilizes words. If you want to change uh, what you're going through right now, change your words, change your faith, change your belief. Because some of us are putting our faith in, in, in false words. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it. Meaning you can't love, you can't love your tongue so much that you let it loose because you will eat its fruits. What are you eating today? Are you eating life? Are you experiencing life and life more abundantly? Are you experiencing death, 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 and death? The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Are you experiencing death and death? Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for the building up as fit the occasion that it may give grace to those here. That's a formula to speaking. That your vocabulary, your expression of words must be in this formula in Ephesians 4.29 says, let no. That means that's your responsibility. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. That's your responsibility. Why do we let corrupting talk come out of us? Because some of us, we don't think of ourselves like we should. We think of ourselves very low. And so why speak positively? Nothing else going to happen out of my life. And we're allowing the words of others to corrupt our souls. The influences of what we listen to. That's why you can't watch what songs you listen to, what shows you watch, who you allow to influence you. Because whoever you allow to influence you, the core of influence is flu. So you got to be very careful. It will, it, will it cause you to fly was it, or will it cause you to uh, become sick? You see what I'm saying? So you got to understand that I cannot just allow any and everything influence me. Because if I do, I will become what I'm being influenced by. And he says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. That's a habit. You got to say, well, we'll get to that, how we watch our words. But only such is good for building up. If you're breaking down, you got a bad vocabulary. Is your words breaking you down? Is your words breaking your future down? Is your words breaking your family down? Is your words breaking um, your life down? Is it breaking it down? That's right. It says Romans 14 that says, speak those things which are, which are not as though they were. That's right. Is that okay? Great question. How about the scripture, Romans 4, 17, that says, speak those things which are not as though they were? Great question. All of our words must be in alignment. I'll go ahead and post so people can see. Our words must always be in alignment with the word of God. The Bible said they that delight themselves in the Lord, they will, they will have the desires of their heart, right? Out of the heart flows the issues of life. You have what you say as a man thinketh or as a woman thinketh in her heart or his heart, so are they, Right? 
So when you speak those things that be not, you're talking about words that has been spoken in God's word about you. That uh, I speak those things that be not as though they were, as far as uh, um, on strength and focus and, and success. I, I, I speak those things that be not, that they may not be right now, but what has God spoken to you that, that the demons and different things in life are trying to keep from being? So if God told you that you're going to be an amazing songstress, that the word that God spoke to you and said that you want to be an amazing speaker or the word of God says that or X, Y and Z, you speak those things, even if you don't see it. That's why the word of God says we walk by faith, not by sight. You see what I'm saying? And so when you speak those things that be not. We're speaking in faith, not by sight. So that scriptures, those two go together. I speak those things that be not, even though I don't see uh, uh, health, even if I do not see uh, um, success, even if I don't see certain things, I speak those things in faith, even if I don't see them, right? So I'm not going to allow what I say to come out of my mouth to, to bring destruction to what is supposed to be a part of my destiny. You see what I'm saying? So that's what we got to be very careful about is that we do not allow what we see to determine what we speak so that we can continue to have what we see. I don't necessarily, I never get comfortable with what I see. Ooh, my eyes are never comfortable. I don't, I, because it's always greater. I, I, God said from glory to glory. So I never let my eyes get comfortable and you can't let your eyes get comfortable because your eyes get comfortable, you get complacent and you will stay in that, <coughs> excuse me, season longer than you should. So what I do is I love this house. I love where God has placed me and my wife, but I'm not going to allow my eyes to get comfortable. God doesn't allow me to see too much. God has spoken too many mighty things in my life. So I'm appreciative of what I have, but I know it's for a season because I know I'm not going to get comfortable here. In my ministry, I'm not going to get comfortable with my sight and what I see. I'm going to always increase in my anointing and in the flow of the Holy Ghost. I'm always going to, because I'm not comfortable with what I see, because I never get caught up in what I see. Because if I get caught up in what I see, I will stay, I will stay trapped here. Hope that helped. Great questions, y'all. Great question. All right. Oh, did I inspire you to make this video? Uh oh no, nah, bro. This was already in my I remember your question from last week. Yeah, this was already in my um uh syllabus. So if you go to my website, you'll see the syllabus and it was right there. It's crazy how it's perfect timing, though, fam. Good stuff. All right. It says but only as such is good for building up. Are your words building you? I'm so glad you understand now. Thank you so much for watching and, 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 and asking that question. I think somebody, some other people need to hear it as well. It says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for, for building up, meaning your words are supposed to always build up. You build yourself up. The Bible says, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You build up other people. You build up. You, you just build up. That's what you do. If your words are breaking down, you're broken on the inside. It also says what fits the occasion. Nobody wants to hear nothing that don't fit the occasion. The Bible says weep with those that weep, rejoice with those that rejoice. That's a powerful principle. Nobody got time to hear 50 scriptures right now. They want to hear, they just want you to be there. Some people want to just want you to be a present help. They don't want you to splatter out, out of you. This is what you should need to do. Read. That's why I used to, I used to do that when I was younger. I don't do that anymore. You see what I'm saying? So many people get so caught up in, uh, or, well, um, guess what you need to do? I told someone today, I think I coached somebody today and I said this, I don't know if it's today or Saturday or yesterday. I told that person, I think it was today. I told them that people who have education, there's two different types of people when it comes to the word of God, right? 
There's two things. You're so welcome. Either the person speaks from education or they speak from experience. Those who speak from experience, their words are usually grace filled. Those who only speak from education, words are kind of harsh. So when a, when their friend is going through something, this is what you need to do. This is what the word of God says. Why you're not doing this? You just need to do. They ain't experienced nothing. But those who have experience, softer, smile on their face, encourage you. You're going to be all right. I've been there. That's why I never get advice from people that never been there. Because all they're going to do is give you a bunch of scriptures that are heavier than what they need to be. And so you need to surround yourself with people that will speak what fits the occasion. And the Holy Spirit knows exactly how to formulate words on the tip of your tongue that fits the occasion and what to say. And so it's crazy, West Coast. People would just blah, 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 blah. And no sympathy, no empathy, no understanding. That person don't need scriptures right now. They just need you to listen. And most people, they they get so caught up in, in but they, they don't have no experience. You see what I'm saying? You need to be around people who have experience because they would, they know how to say words that fits the occasion. Also, that it may give grace to those who hear. That's very important. Your words are grace-filled so that when people hear you, they, they feel grace. They feel empathy. They feel empowered, right? But they're not going to feel empowered when you bombard them down. Let's see what else scripture I want to kind of say. For, to, for today, because I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 scriptures on this worksheet when it comes to words. And there's more scriptures than that. But here are 16. Matthew 12, 36 is Jesus speaking. He says, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Careless means idle. God cares about words. He's like, yo, man, you got to speak your words differently. Your words, you can't just allow words to slip out. When you honor words, if you understand the value of words, you will only speak specific words that was that will sustain you. What else do I have here? Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and active, sharpening any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul of the spirit, etc. Based with the word of God is the greatest form of word to have inside of you. Let's keep going. Uh <clears throat> Let's read these real quick. Proverbs 21, 23 says, whoever keeps his mouth, whoever keeps their mouth and their tongue keeps himself out of trouble. See what I'm saying? Keep a guard over your mouth. You'll keep yourself out of trouble. Proverbs 15, 4 says, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness is in it breaks the spirit. Ooh. What it's saying here is that when you, a gentle tongue, a tongue that is gentle, not heavy, brings life, brings peace, brings joy. But words with perverseness in it breaks the spirit of people. That's why I don't get, if you spraying stuff that ain't good and you letting that chopper fly, I don't got time to be around you. I don't, I don't got time to catch your spray words. No, I don't got to, I don't, I don't be around negative. As soon as I hear gossip, I got to go. As soon as I hear negativity, I got to go. I don't even got time to entertain it, even if it's not about me. You see what I'm saying? Because it'll start affecting you. Hey, coach, but I caught you. Hope you. Oh, thank you so much. I pray all is well. Thank you so much. It's hard when you want to vent, but I know it's a must. Yeah, when it comes to venting, my friend, God is the only one whose hands are able to handle the heat from your heart. That's why it's important to vent to God first so that when you do talk to someone else, you have already got most of it out of your system. You see what I'm saying? So what I do is... Uh, People don't even know half the stuff I say. I'll be venting to God, man. I'm petty as sometimes. You know what I'm saying? I'm competitive at times. And I have to vent to God to get that out of my system. 
You see what I'm saying? So it won't flood into my marriage. So it won't flood everywhere else. And now all these words are flooding in different places where it wasn't supposed to. So the safest place to vent to is for God. What I do, I'll go for a drive because I don't even want these words to be in the house. What I do, I go for a drive and I just get it out of my system and come right back home. And now I'm at peace now. That's That should help you, my friend, when it comes to venting. Because venting to certain people or being vented to, um, you got to also be like, you know what? Have you talked to God first? I don't mind listening. But have you talked to God first? Maybe you say that after they vented after a while, because I don't want you to feel dis. Uh, I don't want them to think that you're disingenuous or that you don't care. But 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 when it gets a little bit too hot, you say, you know what? I'll be praying for you, but go talk to God about that. Get that out your system before God. Hope to help. Um, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Proverbs thirteen three says, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. Ooh, he who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. People trap themselves with their own words. They trap themselves in their own words. So you, that's why I'm very cautious with my words because I got to live a long time. I don't got time to say the wrong thing at the wrong time and jeopardize my life and those around me. Um, oh, Psalms 19:14. I love this. Let the words of my mouth and a meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Ah, oh, man, that word is dense. It says, let the words of my mouth and the message of my heart be accepted in your sight. God's sight is everywhere. God listens. God's ear is everywhere. And you have to be in a, in a place where you say, God, I really want to get to a place. And I desire to be at a place where my words out of my mouth are acceptable. And he says, not even, not only is God omnipresent, he's omniscient, meaning that he's able to hear the meditation of your own heart. So what David is saying that I'm going to make it an effort to make sure that my meditation and the words that come out of my mouth are always and constantly are always acceptable before God. And the best way to do that is to marinate in the word of God so the word of God becomes your words and you have what the word says you can have. It says, let the words of my mouth. And the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. God's sight is not only hearing outside of you. His sight is inside. He's inside and he knows what you're meditating on. And the word of God, the spirit of God will say, don't think on that. This is what the word of God say. Think on things that are above. Set your mind on things that are above. Look towards the hills from which come of your help. Your help come from the Lord because he continues to say, oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That's important. When God is your rock. And you, when you know God is your rock and you know God is your redeemer, your words are restricted. When you know the Lord is your rock and you know the Lord is your redeemer, your words are restricted because I'm anchored and I'm delivered. So it doesn't matter what goes on around me. I'm anchored and I'm delivered. And then your words will become restricted. Man, that, man I might teach that on another day. I might have to teach that. Proverbs 10, 19 says, when words are many, transgression is not lacking. Where am I at? But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. A person who restrains his lips is prudent, meaning they're a steward. They know, I can't say this around my daughter. I can't say this around my son. I can't even say this in the atmosphere where my son and daughters dwell. I can't even speak this even where my wife rests. I can't speak these different things, right? I can't do that. Because because words have power, right? And just like we talked about the flower, if these words continue to be in the eco chamber of my dwelling, then it may it may it may uh, affect my children. It may affect my family. 
So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tighten up and restrict my words so that I can be pure to help coach. I thought, I thought that we were told not to complain to God. Com venting is different than complaining. Complaining is God, but why? God, oh my gosh, when are you gonna do that? That's complaining. Complaining is 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 let's look at the definition of complain so I can make it make it make plain. Complain definition. Complain by definition is express dissatisfaction or annoyance about something. State that is one suffering from a pain or ill. Oh, oh, that's not express dissatisfaction of. So God don't got time to be listening to you. Venting is one. Okay, let me make it plain. Complaining is over and over and over again without consulting the scriptures, without consulting God's word, without even allowing the word to operate, without even giving time uh, for things to manifest. That's complaining. Venting is a period of time where I got to get this off my chest, get this out of my mind, and I can move on. Venting is about moving on. Complaining is is a flat plane. You plateaued. You just this is where I'm at. This is all I'm talking. Venting is a period of time where I go to get something out of my heart, to get stuff out of my mind, right? And so as it comes out, now I'm able to move on to something more productive. So it's basically I'm casting my cares. I'm not complaining about my cares. I'm venting. I'm getting out. <clears throat> I'm getting a heat off of my chest. <clears throat> he offered my words so that I can move on and be uh, productive. So complaining is over, over, over and over again without no intent of change, without no intent of improving. But venting is, I got to get this off my chest so that I can go on and do something else with my life. I vent so I can be sent back out. I vent, get this off my chest so that when I'm sent back out, I'm lighter, I'm gentle. You know what I'm saying? I'm understanding. I'm more empathetic because I got it out of my system. Now I'm not carrying that assumption in my mind. I vented that assumption to God. I got into God's word and realized, you know what? You should have asked that person. Now I get wisdom. So I don't carry that assumption for months. I don't carry what my mom or dad or whoever said in your heart for too long. And then it makes what was something uh, small that could have been dealt with, done with. It, it could have been done it starts continuing to linger in your life. You're so welcome. No problem. I'm glad to help you. All right, let's get right into the types of words. Let's get into the types of words, the types of words. I have 14 types of words. Come on, you know, you know, coach going to give you at least 10 plus or something. Just joking. Types of words that we have to be cognizant of. Okay. And so they're not in, in a certain order. I probably should have put them in order and whatever, but here's 14 types of words. Coach, can help? Can I help lead my kids? I'll get oh, coach. How can I help lead my kids to God? Let me make sure I say save that question, okay? Because I want to help you with that. Save that question. Um, so I can help you when it's time for the QA. Um, uh, let me do it now. Coach, how can I help lead my kids to God? It depends on how old they are. It depends on how old they are. If they're if they're young, you be the example. When they're old, you be the example. Be the living epistle they need to see in your life, right? Because you don't necessarily you lead you lead people to God through your words. Second, the thing that leads people to God is the goodness of God in your life. The expressed goodness of God in your life is what's going to draw them to repent. The Bible says there's the goodness of God that draws man to repent. So when people see the goodness of God in you. Your lifestyle will get them curious and brought to you, and then your lips can give the gospel. See, your life got to give the gospel first, receiving grace that you did not deserve, manifestation of God working in your life, favoring your life, and then those people 
27, 21, 13, 10. Great. So then when they see it in your life, they'll come to you. Um, the ground has to be toiled before you plant the seed, right? The Holy Spirit is toiling their hearts through your life. So you lead them to Christ through your life. Just keep being an example before them and pray uh, 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 and pray immensely in private that God, you will toil their hearts, that you will bring them to him. God, give them the right goodness. Overshadow them with goodness so they'll be drawn to repentance. You say, oh, man, everybody asking questions now. How do you know which scripture? Okay, all right, y'all. I got to get through this so we can get to the Q&A. But say, I hope that helped you. But Chelsea, I got you. Just save that and make sure, and remind me in the q and I'll make sure I get to you, Chelsea. I'll make sure I get to you. I promise you on that. Let's get to the types of words. <clears throat> 14. Number one, hollow words. There are hollow words, empty phrase words, idle words. You got to make sure that your words are not hollow. Make sure that they actually have value to them. Some people speak things like parents over kids. I'm going to do this for you on the weekend and don't show up. That's a hollow word. Then your words lose value. And then what you don't do will penetrate into and in how they interact with God. Now your hollow words make them feel that God's words are hollow. See what I'm saying? So you got to make sure your words are not hollow. That they are, if they're, if they're, not, if they're not at their proper weight, don't let it come out of your mouth. They have to be backed by gold, your character. Your words has to be backed by your character. <clears throat> so if you give hollow words all the time, false promises, then that shows you your character and you won't be successful in life, right? So people, people's trust in your words is based upon um, the value of your previous words. So you got to make sure that your words are not hollow, empty, no value to them because you're going to be left with just your words and nobody trusting in them. Right. So you got to make sure that your yes are yes and your no is no. And so that you'll know for a fact that I only do what, what I'm capable of and not uh, um, make and make sure that my words are not hollow, empty and cause people to distrust God because your hollow words, even though they may benefit you because you got their attention and they calling you now and they around you. And then when it's time for the promise come, you skedaddle, you're not around. Ultimately, you're going to be alone and those people won't even be around you. So you got to be very careful that your words are not hollow. Make sure your words are at their proper weight because number two, there are also heavy words. Heavy words are unnecessary words, words with strong feeling to them, unnecessary weights, right? <clears throat> and what I mean by that is, is that when you speak things and you know you're manipulative with them and you know how it will affect them, you're wrong for that. You, we got to be, or we're, we're wrong for that. I don't want to come off that way. But we got to make sure that our words don't have an unnecessary weight to them. When I know my words mean something to somebody, I make sure my words are at their accurate weight because I know that person really treasures what I got to say. So sometimes I'll think, I say, give me one second. What fits the occasion right now? Because I know this person is hanging on my words and I'm representing God right now. So I'm not going to say things in anger. I'm not going to say things in, in, in strong tone because I know with certain people, my words mean something to them and it may be heavy. And I'm thinking it's light or the way my tone, my tone, a tone can make a word heavier than what it needs to be. So when you give off a strong tone, that person got hit with it. And you don't move that much today and you didn't even know. And so if a person, I'm gonna give you wisdom. If someone does has spoken heavily in your life, don't, don't assume, go talk to them and say, I didn't like the way you said. And if that person still exhibits that kind of character, despite their knowledge of how it affects you, then you kind of modify that friendship or relationship, right? Or block it off. But you have to understand, I got to make sure that my words are not heavy either. 
that my words are, or it's right weight for that person to carry. You see me? It's not too light where they're going to be like, ah, whatever, that word don't mean nothing. Nor is it too heavy that it's, bear, it's weighing them down all day. So you got to check your tone. You got to check your, your, your intent. You got to check your heart. Make sure that your heart is whole before people see you. Make sure that you dealt with your issues because all some of us are just spraying heavy words out. Boom, boom. And I don't care who is on. And your kids are carrying that heavy weight. Your wife, man, is carrying that what you said in that argument. <clears throat> your husband is carrying that unnecessary weight of words in their mind, bringing them down because, because you brought down. Some people will speak heavy words to try to bring you down to their level. You see what I'm saying? So you got to make sure you're not speaking heavy words. Words are supposed to have is a unique weight, a weight that's able that's that's able for that person to carry and succeed. Number three types of words. Three helpful words. Helpful words. Um, um the self-explanatory words that help. They're full of help. See, that's why I love doing these videos because I know it's systematically the way that I do. Because I know if I break the word of God down in a practical way, it becomes helpful. It becomes like, oh, he's just not preaching. And the Bible says, ha, and get all caught up in giving examples all the time and edifying and all these different things. Nothing wrong with those things in season. I don't know about the hooping, but I ain't nothing wrong with a good hoop sometimes. I came from the old school. You know what I'm saying? The old school hoop. Sometimes you, know, uh, you can get something. But I'm just joking. But what I'm saying is, is that we got to make sure that our words are helpful. And you got to understand, you got to have EQ, emotional intelligence. You got to be able to say, you know what? Um, um, because what's helpful, because I can talk stern to one person, not stern. I can talk direct with a person, they receive it. And I have to speak delicately with another person because that's how they receive it. So emotional intelligence is very important when you give out helpful words. Because what you're saying is helpful, but maybe the way you deliver it is not helpful. Right. So you got to make sure you understand people so you'll know, OK, this person receives this and, I, and I'm going to say this. So that's helpful. Like when, when a mom and a dad is feeding their their baby, their baby, they, they chew the food first so that the child is able to digest because something in the mouth in the child's mouth is not mature enough to break down the food. So I got to chew it first and break it down with my enzymes. And so that when I give it to my child it's digestible. Right. And so that's what you got to do. Let me chew this first and see what it tastes like and see how best best I can feed this to this person. The fourth type of word, hurtful words, hurtful, hurt people, hurt people. And the best way to hurt people is through hurt filled words. You got to make sure that you're not hurting people. And you got to make sure that people who are saying hurtful things to you are far worse than you. So don't accept what they say about you, even if it's the truth. You can't allow you can't allow their words filled with hurt to cause you to be hurt. You see what I'm saying? So hurt filled words or hurtful words. So when people speak hurtfully to you and then you know they maliciously doing it, that person's that person is from a bad place and you can't even trust what they say. But so many of us, we put certain people to high pedestal and people fluctuate. And one moment they give you words of praise. Next time they give you words that's plummet you down. That's why the only person that is in the peak or the top spot in my life is God so that nobody else's words can affect me in a negative way because I know what God positively said in my life. You see what I'm saying? And so that's very important that you understand that so that you don't get so caught on being hurt by people's hurtful words, nor would, nor should you be a person that hurts people with your hurtful words because hurt people, hurt people, hurt people get in relationships and hurt people, hurt people get in business and hurt people. And they wonder why they're thrown out on the dirt outside of opportunities. You see what I'm saying? Because they got hurt-filled words. Number six, because I have a long list. 
types of words, hope, hopeful words. They are hopeful words. I speak hopeful words. You see what I'm saying? Hope filled. I, I, I'm optimistic. I, I speak glass overflowing. I speak glass half full to overflowing. I, I hopeful. I, I, we're going to overcome. No, no, no. I'm not going to speak. Oh no. Coronavirus. Man, the coronavirus ain't came and went. And I made more money. I made more money in the coronavirus than I did three, four months before the coronavirus. See what I'm saying? God sustains. God looked out for me. God's blessed us. God's kept us. So it doesn't matter what, what comes in in life. You got to speak hope-filled words. Nothing ain't going to change. Don't let what changes around you, the changes around you, change your vocabulary. Nah, nah, nah. Keep those hope-filled words. You see what I'm saying? Hope-filled. No, no, no. We're going to overcome. There were many plagues before, but we're going to overcome. A thousand may fall on my left, 10,000 on my right hand, but it won't come near me. Simple as that. Every word that's uh, brought against me in the day of judgment shall be condemned. Simple as that. I'm going to still keep these hopeful words going because I'm, I'm not anchored by anything in this world system. My anchor is in the kingdom of God. And if I'm still in this, if I'm still on assignment, I'm still going to be cared for. So that's why you got to find your purpose. There's 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 safety in the will of God. There's safety in the will of God. So when you're in the will of God in your purpose and, and I got videos on that. So please understand that there's per when you in purpose. I'm telling you, when you, I got, I'm gonna get the video up for you. When you in purpose, only thing I got it on here. Nah, I don't got it on here. All right, but when you, when you got purpose and you in the will of God, there's safety. Why am I going coronavirus? What? What are you gonna do to me? None. Hope-filled words only. Next, fright. Next types of words. Hindering words. Hindering words are words we speak that hinders us. We don't know. Many of us don't are unaware that we're tripping our own selves up. We're hindering ourselves. We are hindering ourselves with our own words. We say words of doubt. We say words in frustration. We say words that our parents have said over us. Like we said before, people be saying words of, uh, uh, well, I got diabetes, my diabetes, my hypertension, my blood pressure is high. My, stop identifying. You, you're hindering your own self. Your body, you basically giving your body the, the disease clearance to disease you, to cause dis-ease, a distance from ease. You see what I'm saying? So you got to say, am I hindering myself my own work? Oh, I'm, I may not ever get married. I ain't going to never get married. Nobody likes me. Nobody wants me. Man, I don't care what you look like. Somebody wants you. You see what I'm saying? Somebody going to want to love you. Let me, let me love you. Let me be the one to. See what I'm saying? Somebody's going to sing that song to you. You should let me. You over there, no, don't love me. No. I'm unlovable. You should let me love you. You see what I'm saying? But how are you going to be able to speak hope-filled words if you don't have your hope in God? So what I'm saying is, man, you cannot, you got to make sure that you're not hindering yourself with your own words. You have what you say. You are where you have spoken. You see what I'm saying? Let's keep going. Types of words. Number seven. You know how to put it number seven. Holy words. Holy words, yo. Holy, 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 holy words. Word or vocabulary that's holy, that's set apart. The devil don't want you speaking God words. The devil don't want you to speak holy words from the holy word of God. He don't want you to meditate on and let it be, let it come out of your mouth. He don't want you to have holy words. See what I'm saying? You got to speak what's holy because he can't touch that. He can't mess with that. It's holy. He is separated from him. So you got to make sure your words are holy. Words that are, that are in alignment with the word of God. 
You see what I'm saying? I only speak. If it doesn't line up with scripture, and we're not sitting there saying, hey, you, you asking for peace and you quoting John 3, 16. We're not saying that. The man said, what kind of peace you want? For God so loved the world that he, she, get, he, get, he gave his only begotten son. That whoever will believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We're not talking about that. But what I'm saying is that when you speak things that goes with purpose, destiny, life, etc., make sure that you speak in words. Yes, there is a worksheet for this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and post it here for those who's watching now. The worksheet is right there for you. I just posted it there for you for you all. <clears throat> so what I'm saying is I got to make sure the words that I speak are in alignment with the word of God so they'll be holy, so they'll be powerful, divine field. You see what I'm saying? Let's keep going. Number eight, types of words. Number eight, hard words, hard words. That tough love, them hard talks, man. Don't be afraid. Don't be listen. Some when you got when you got this is when you got somebody's ear. When someone trusts your words, you can't you can't hold back those hard words, those hard sayings. Jesus, people was walking away. Jesus, you you talking hard? Jesus, that, that's too tough. I, I was cool with you. He's giving free free two piece biscuits and sandwiches and stuff, and two pieces and chicken and, and fish and stuff. I was with you, but you got to be okay. He said, "Man, you brute." John the Baptist was like, "You brute vipers." Jesus was saying, "Man, you you love your father the devil." Is he man? Well, I'm, 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 okay, never mind. That's for the Pharisees. My bad. That's not for that's not for this talk, right? But when you got somebody's here, you got to be able to tell them the truth. Tell them the truth. If you, what's the word of God? Um, I forgot, man. I forgot the scripture that talks about um saving people. You got to be able to say, you know what, you're wrong. This is for people who you know you have the ear. See, I don't cast my pearls to swine to people who I don't have the ear. You know what I'm saying? I do videos for that. You know what I'm saying? So you go watch the videos. But I'm, I'm talking about like people who don't want to hear what I got to say. I, maybe they'll watch my video down the road. But when it comes to people that has my that I have their ear, I tell them the truth, man. That, what you're doing, that's not good, man. Nah. Because I love you. Those who love you will tell you the truth. So you got to be able to be okay with saying what's hard to say. Because some people will only say what's good to say. Not good to say. Will only say what they think that person needs to hear or wants to hear because they don't want that person to leave. See, if what I got to say in love, now you got to say it in love. And you know what I told you in other videos, a spicy chicken sandwich, a spicy communication chicken sandwich. You give them a bun, you give them the spicy meat in the begin, in the middle, and then you give them another bun. So you, you celebrate, critique, celebrate. You see what I'm saying? You say, hey, man, I, I see God is really working in your life, but I, but I think this area right here needs a little bit of fixing. But I understand where you are in life, and I see that you're improving. I see that you're growing, but I just want to make sure that you are aware that this could trap you up in life. So I gave them a I gave them a celebration, gave them a critique and a celebration. And if they still get mad at that, then they're still immature and they want to do what they want to do. But you but you can't be afraid to lose people by telling the truth. Don't lie to keep don't lie to people to keep them lying beside you. Don't lie to people to keep them lying beside you. They should be lying beside you, they ain't your husband or wife. But what I'm saying is you know what I mean, metaphorically. But see what I'm saying? I ain't gonna lie to you, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I'm tell you the truth. And that's how it got to be. So there's hard words, but you got to know how to do it in love. You got to know how to do it in love. The spicy chicken, the spicy communication chicken sandwich will help you with that. I got hungry. Let's keep going. Number nine, types of words, hidden words, hidden words, hidden, hidden, hidden. Words that are unspoken. Nah, man. You, you can't hide. You can't hide certain words. You see what I'm saying? Hidden words. You know, you know you should encourage them. And the Holy Spirit will work on you with that. Where you'll be able to say, you know what, God, give me another time to say that to that person. 
You know what I'm saying? But but we can't have hidden words. We, we got to get, we, <clears throat> when you know you got something to say, hidden words is this. Do you know, before I started this YouTube channel, before I wrote these books, I struggled immensely with insecurity and inadequacy. I wasn't even going to write books. I wasn't even going to do videos, man. It took me four weeks, about a month and some change to do a video because I was like, I, I, who's going to hear me, God? Who's going to look at me? God was like, who made your lips? Who made your forehead? <laughs> oh, like, God, I got a stuttering problem. And I got this big forehead, God. And I got I got to preach straight on. I got to, I can't, if I lean like that, they'll see it, God. So I'd be like, God, I have to always stay front and center with people. I can't, I can't move because I might hit them in the face with the forehead digitally. You see what I'm saying? So, I, and God was like, who made your lips? Who made your forehead, bro? How do you not know that I ain't packed something right here? Extra for you. Wisdom. See, I, my mom used to say that. She said, boy, that's an extra set of wisdom right there. Thank God for good moms. But what I'm saying is you can't get so caught up in, in, in like I did, almost didn't. Now, imagine if I didn't do these videos. 1,500 videos. Countless of, 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 of events that I spoke at. What if I hid those words? How many of y'all right now are supposed to be speakers, people that are supposed to be authors, people that are supposed to be doing channels and speaking life at other people, but you're holding them back because of insecurities? Don't hold these, <clears throat> don't hide these words. Moses like, man, God, man, who, man, with name? Nobody want to listen to me. Say, man, Moses, who made your lips, bro? Moses, but I got a stuttering problem. Bro, who cares? You educated. You got, I got you, bro. So what I'm saying is don't get so caught up in, let me hide my words. Because nobody's going to want to listen to me. Bruh, I've been had nobody watching. And I kept speaking because all I cared about was one person hearing it and being okay with it is God. That's why I don't mind speaking the truth. That's why you don't get no cotton candy. No cotton candy served here. No co cotton candy served messages here. Because if, if, God, if, if, God ain't, if God ain't in it and God ain't pleased with it, I ain't speaking it. But there's so many people hiding their words because of inadequacy. Let's keep going for time's sake. So I can answer you guys and gals' questions. Types of words, number 10, hot words, off the press, hot words. Yep, that's right. Extra set of wisdom for all those who got big heads. All people who got these right here, it's kind of wide, it's kind of long, it's kind of out here, it's like that. Thank God for you got extra wisdom. That's all I got to say. Hot words. Be very careful, man. You got to cool your words off before you let them out there. Because how many of us said the wrong thing Said the wrong thing, the wrong, the the uh, said the wrong thing at the wrong time and caused us unnecessary issues. So now I cool myself off. I don't get into arguments. I don't get into it. I have to cool my words off because you can't take words back. Words can be forgiven, but they cannot be forgotten. So you got to make sure you um, think first. How my phrase go? Um. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is. Man, what am I trying to say? You just got to make sure um, that you know that words can't be forgotten. They can forgive them, but they'll, that's why I'm very careful because words last forever in the hearts and minds of somebody. So be very careful that your words are not hot, that you cool them off. You don't want your spicy chicken sandwich super hot. Your bun, the bun is supposed to soak up some of that spice. See what I'm saying? It's supposed to be a subtle heat, not significant heat. See what I'm saying? Some of us, we just, I'm going to make this thing hot. Coach told me to put some buns on top of them. So you are an amazing person, but you suck. But you're amazing. Nah, man. You can't make that thing. person going to be like this. Man, that's too hot. 
you got to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to give it to you light. Okay. Even if someone ran up your credit behind your back. Yep. Bible says, forgive them 70 times, seven, 490 times, because God can redeem that. Now be wise, learn from it, right? Learn from it. Put them in their right place in your life. Meaning, hey, we can no longer be cool. God will fix you. God can redeem that. God will look out for you. God will give you favor. Now, don't get me wrong. A good credit score is good to have, but you got a favor score. Ooh, <laughs> we, we got a favor score. It don't matter because God understands that we made bad decisions and immaturity, right? So we all made mistakes. So God can, God can, man, God said, I don't care how bad your credit is. You got a favor score with me. So I'll have you skip the line. I'll have you. That's an encouraging word for somebody. Your credit score may not be good, but you're working on your credit. I'm not sitting there saying, coach told me to run my credit score because God going to give me favor. No, 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 no. I'm saying if you um, experience somebody that ran your credit score up or you've messed up your credit or your credit's messed up, but you're now working towards bettering your credit, know that God's favor is there and that God will look out for you. See what I'm saying? I'm a living witness. A lot of the things I don't have a degree, a lot of things I don't have. But favor still comes my way. That's right. Favor score. Hope to help. Types of words, heard words. You're so welcome, Aries. Heard words. You got to be very careful because you don't know which words a person heard. Heard words, man. And you got to get rid of those heard words. The words you heard your mama say when she was mad at you, the words you heard you, you, you the words you heard your daddy say when he was drunk, the words that 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 abusive ex-husband said over you, or your husband is saying over you now, or your wife, ex-wife. You got to get rid of those heard words. Get them out. What does the word of God say about you? Heard get, get those heard words out of your mind because a lot of people are drastically affected by what somebody else said to them. Number 12 types of word, hasty words. Hasty words. You can't just speak too quick. The Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything beyond that is sin. You can't be hasty. Oh, I got you because your word is on it. Think about what you're about to get yourself into. This is my philosophy. Um, I let my yes be yes and my no be no. Right. What I'm learning now and working on now is balance. That's what kind of makes my because my words are solid. People know my words are good. But sometimes I'm, what I'm working on with my own words is my transparent moment. Like I'm going to do it. But I'm learning to be cognizant of the day I say I'm going to do it, because sometimes things happen in my life that I get lost. And I'm like, man, I forgot to do this. And now I'm late on it or might not be late, but I'm not at the time that I said it. So even in this area, I'm working on it. My word is valuable. But sometimes I get so caught up in trying to balance things. So now I'm developing even better systems. Like I'm putting reminders on my phone. I'm putting alarms on my phone. And, and, and I'm even taking more time to say, do I have it in a tank to do it? See, when the Bible says, let your yes be yes, your no be no, it means this. If you can't do it, don't do it. If you can do it, do it. And, even, and also, even if you can do it, still say no, based upon wisdom. Now, what does that mean? Your no be no means this. Um, I can't do it. I'm sorry. It's not in my budget. It's not in my energy right now to do it. So I'm going to say no to it. Or because you don't have it in the tank to do it. If you do have it in the tank to do it, but it's just not wise for you to do it, you don't have to explain why you said no. One thing I refuse to do is to explain myself when I don't have to. When no is spoken, that's, that's all explanation you need. You see what I'm saying? The only person I got to explain myself to is my wife. Everybody else, man, that, it is what it is. You see what I'm saying? 
But most people be like, oh, that's why I'm saying no. Do you get talked into a yes? You know, no, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to explain, you don't gotta say, you don't gotta say, you gotta you don't gotta say a lie. You just gotta say, I'm not gonna be able to make it to your party. I'm just not gonna be able to make it to your birthday. I'm just not gonna be able to. I don't care if you're gonna be home watching a movie. You don't gotta tell me you're gonna be at home watching a movie. You say, I'm just not gonna be there. Cause you already know I don't got time to waste. I got I got things I gotta do. And plus, you don't want your right hand knowing what your left hand, your left hand knowing what your right hand is doing. So basically what you do is you say no is explain is uh, no is enough. Yes means I'm able to do it and I'm most importantly led to do it. Now yeses are you know very valuable. So you got to make sure do I have it in the tank to do it? Do I have the energy to do it? Do I have the the the, the leading of the Holy Spirit to do it? So when you do that you limit yourself. You see what I'm saying? So all of a sudden you're not going to um get so caught up in Oh, man, I knew I should. If you don't want to, don't do it. Now, I saw a question that that it pertains to this. How to counsel my father's bad words against me? Should I say I rebuke there or in my prayer time lay it before before God? What I need for you to do, Jenny, simple as this. Write what your dad has said over you and write down what your heavenly father said to you. Right. So when you write that down, you'll be able to say, well, this is what the word of God says about me. And then you memorize that text or you type it out, print it out and keep it on the forefront of your mind. And you rebuke it every single time. But what I don't want you to do is to start building resentment towards him. I want you to forgive him. Every time that negative thought comes, I forgive. I've forgiven my dad. I forgive him. 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 Just keep forgiving. And then reverse engineer that thought by saying, He's not the authority figure of your life. He was basically just a person that brought you sperm, just brought you in this thing. God's word, it don't matter what any dad says about his children, it affects you, but you have to process that. That's right, Cassandra. No is a complete sentence. Hope that helped you, Jenny. No is a complete sentence. <clears throat> uh, number 13 types of words, hesitant words. It kind of goes with... Um, um, Held in words, I think I said hidden words, hesitant words. Um, that's self-explanatory. Last but not least, number 14, healing words. The Bible says in Proverbs 16:24, it says, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Your one word of encouragement can bring life to somebody. That's why I love coaching people. And if you want one-on-one coaching, go to my website, imunplugged.com. It's that time of the year where I do one-on-one coaching. Submit your budget and I'll uh, submit. I'll let you know if I'm able to do it. And whatever you are, your best that you are able to do. And of course, I'll do my best, right? Um, and don't think that my best is at the level of what you pay. My best, I'm going to give you my best for that time frame. So I'll, I'll customize a time frame for us to talk one-on-one or a group coaching session, et cetera, or with a group of business or anything. <clears throat> so go to my website, imunplugged.com. I'll put it right here so y'all can have it. Because I've been getting a lot of people asking, are you still doing one-on-one coaching? And I want to make sure people know that I am still doing it. Um, but what I'm saying is I love it when I talk to somebody and they'll come into the phone call, right? <clears throat> they'll come into the, the phone conversation. Oh, hey, coach. You know, I just... And in the middle of the conversation, they're alive. You see what I'm saying? They're alive. Let me make sure I did. Okay, I did post it. They become alive. And I say, you know what? That's that's what we all should be doing. It says... A, uh, a gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Like words bring health. 
That flower that you speak life to, that flower blossoms. That flower you speak death to bends. So you got to be able to say, I'm going to only speak sweet words to myself. You see what I'm saying? Sweet melodies, sweet words over my life, right? So that I can do what I can in my life. It also says, uh, uh, I think that's it. So you have to understand <clears throat> that your words give healing. So when you feel that river, the Holy Spirit, in you let them loose because your words are going to bring healing to their bones. Let's keep going now. How? Let me get my notes up here. All right. Uh, here we go. All right, let me get this together. All right. <clears throat> Types of words. Now we're going to how to better watch over your words. How to better watch over your words. Number one, W. Oh, I can't read up there. Uh, understand the power of your words. In order to watch over your words, to start uh, uh, speaking holy words, right? You got to make sure you understand the power of your words. The best, the, the best way to watch over your words is to understand its power. My words have power, so I better watch what I say. We already talked about all the different types of words and the different powers of words, right? We talked about that. So the how to better watch over your words is number one, W, to understand the power your words have. Words have powers. Words are weapons. They are weapons that you are either committing suicide with your words, homicides with your words. You see what I'm saying? You see, so what I'm saying is you got to be careful what you say so that you're not hurting yourself, hurting others. The, the only thing your words should be hurting is the kingdom of darkness. You see what I'm saying? So you, w, you got to understand the power your words have. That's the first step. <clears throat> My words have power. You also know what else has power? The word of God. The word of God has power. And that's important that you understand. Not only do my words have power, but th that's right. The word of God is our sword. That's right. That's how we get them. The, our, our, our weaponry are, are from divine power. They're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So you got to pull out the weeds, cut the weeds out of your mind. So W, you got to understand the power your words have. And if I could add to that and the power the word of God has. Next point, A. How to better watch over your words? You have to assess and audit your words. Assess and audit them. Right now, I want you to take some time. I got an activity that's going to help you do this. In, in that worksheet, I want you to assess, what am I saying? Are my words hollow, heavy, helpful, hurtful, hopeful, hindering, holy, hard, hidden, hot, heard, hasty, hesitant, healing? Assess them. What am I saying? Sometimes we create, we, we, we adapt a, a vocabulary from associations. That's why I said it disassociate from bad associations. Some of our words are, 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 are word of mouth. Word of mouth words, phrases came from other people. So you got to say, you know what? In order to watch my words, I got to change what I watch online. I got to change about the, the company that I, that I keep. I have to audit my words. Are my words literally hollow, heavy, helpful, etc.? Or do they line up with the word of God? Where did I get this word? Where did I, where did I get this type of uh, talk from? Oh, these people? Why, why are you, you going to still try to be friends with people who gossip? Still want to be friends with people who talk negative? The moment I hear gossip, I, I got to, okay, this ain't for me. The moment I start hearing doubt all over again, and I done gave you my two pearl limit, I start disappearing. You know what I'm saying? I don't got time. No, you're not about to make me feel down. I'm not saying they'll make me feel down, but I don't want you to kill my vibe. No, I'm not going to let you kill my vibe. 
this joy that I have. I'm not going to allow this to be taken away. So A, you have to assess and audit your words and disassociate from bad associations. Who are those people you are in association with? What are those podcasts? What are those people? Who do you listen to? What do you gain? Because your souls are spun. And it'll soak from those influences. And then you'll start speaking crazy. When did girls start looking bad? Was she bad? Why? Oh, that's wicked. Wicked. But dude, that was wicked. What? Where did he? It's not, it's not by, it's not by um, accident. It's by strategic strategy. That's A. T, how to better watch over your words, T, renew your thinking because your talk equals your thoughts. Your talk, your talk is a direct reflection of your thoughts. You got to change the way you think. You got to change your perspectives about things because when you change your perspectives, perspective about what you see, you will change what you say. That's why you need to allow the Holy Spirit to renew your mind. Because you look at the situation as an issue. It's crazy how many of us are telling God to take away obstacles, but those obstacles are actually opportunities. God's saying this obstacle is necessary. This module is necessary. This training is necessary. Various trials makes you versatile. But if you look at that, oh my gosh, woe is me. Why is God doing this to me? God, you suck, bro. God, why are you doing it, man? I can't believe you're doing this to me. God, God, you, man, you, man, you. Versus, not why me. Okay, God, try me. Let's roll. Let's rock. It's going to make me stronger. Let's get it because I know what the word of God says about trials. The Bible says kind of all joy. So when you know that we go to the word of God and the word of God shapes your perspectives about things, then you will begin to change what you say. And then when people speak about your situation, you will, no, 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 no. I know what me and God got going on here. We're going to make it through. We're going to overcome. You're going to be hopeful, not hindering. You see what I'm saying? So you got to renew your thinking because your talk equals your thoughts. Change the way you perceive what you see and realize that you're supposed to walk by faith, not by sight. W-A-T-C. How to better watch over your words? Consume the word of God and compare. Consume the word of God and compare your words to the word of the words of God. Simple as that. Consume the word of God and compare your words to his word. I'm only going to say what the word of God says because the, everything the word of God says for me to say is life. And everything, anything else outside of that or doesn't connect to it or finds its roots in it is death. So the more you consume the word of God, the more you consume it, meditate on it day and night, the more you consume it, consume, consume it, right? The more come out of your mouth and your words will be holy. Next, it says, consider your listeners. Be on the receiving end of your words and chew them before you spew them. How you watch over words, consider your listeners. Consider them. Don't be selfish. Consider them. Your words have weight. Your words have power to other people. Consider them. Be on the receiving end of your words. Say it to yourself like you say it, like you normally say it and be like, would you really like someone to say it to you like that? Chew them before you spew them out. Simple as that. That's right. Your soul's a sponge. Last but not least, H, keep your hope in God and honor him. How does that help you with your words, Josh? How does that help me with my words? Because when you're hoping God, you won't speak doubt. When your hope is in God, you won't speak worry. When your hope is in God, you won't speak anxiety. When your hope is in God, you you it don't matter what goes on around you. As long as that up there ain't moving, I ain't moved by it. Because this too will pass. It's crazy how we allow our past to last instead of allowing our past to pass. Some of us, we allow our past to last too long. 
Troubles, trouble don't last always. See what I'm saying? Trouble don't last. Doom, 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 ba doom, doom, ba doom, doom. Trouble don't last always. That's my note. Way. Trouble don't last. See what I'm saying? But we make trouble last. <clears throat> when trouble was meant to pass, trouble was never meant to last. Trouble was always meant to pass if you allow them to pass. So when you keep your hope in God, you see what I'm saying? Then, then you won't be moved. My hope's in God. We're going to make it through this. Then your, then your wife will say, you know what? We will. And your children will say, you know what? We will. And everybody will be like, we will. You know what I'm saying? One, two, three, we will. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Keep your hope in God and honor him with your heart. So that you won't speak words of condemnation over yourself. Know that you his, that you loved by him. You know what I'm saying? So how to better watch over your words, understand that your words have power, assess and audit your words and disassociate from or for disassociate from bad associations, renew your thinking because your talk equals your thoughts, consume the word of God and compare your words to the word of God and consider your listeners. And number five, keep your hope in God and honor him. And the reason why I want you to consider your listeners is because every message has a sender, a message and a receiver. And you got to make sure that what you what you give out is what can be received. That's fit the occasion, set the build up, and uh, gives grace a listener. All right, that's it. The end. I pray this talk was a blessing to you. Up under this last person, um, trouble don't last. I'm going to answer questions. Um, so after that person, my Q and A starts right there. I'm probably got about 15 minutes of Q and A, and I don't know what I do with my books. Oh, my books are all the way over there. But y'all know. Let me see. I'm gonna get my books up here. Um, let's see. Okay, there we go. So if you want to, oh, go to my website. I got a ton of books. That blue book right there, The Purpose of Singing, is the book that sparked this course. So that book's available there. Are you whole or full of holes? Uh, you really can't see all the books, but the uh, uh book with the cartoon characters, my kids' book, dating prep, all that good stuff. Um, those uh resources are available to you. And um, let me stop sharing this. And uh. And those books are available on my website. Let me go ahead and get the website up here. Uh, it's not, hold on, give me one second. And so those books are available on my website and you're able to uh, get those books. Uh, I got a book on soul ties, got a book on strongholds. I got a book on um, uh, spiritual warfare. I got a book on uh, children's book. All those good books are there, are available for you um, to help you in your with your walk with God. And let's see here, here we go. And so let me get that off of there. All right. So here's my website here. Anything that you need, I have a lot of tools and resources there that I think will benefit you. Um, of course, it tells you a little about what I do, helping adults unplug and students propel. Um, also, our kids mentoring program. That's actually us. Um, oh, we have a mentor program called Propel for the elementary school that I worked at. Oh, work at now. I definitely got a job. Um, also, you got my online courses. If I got course on procrastination. I got course on insecurity. And of course, this course here, the purpose of singleness. So that course right there, all my courses are available there as well. Um, books where you can order your books and all that good stuff. We also got t-shirts. This one I'm wearing right now is one of the first ones that, that was on my viral video that went kind of viral. It's got about five, 400,000 views. Infatuation is blind, not love. And get y'all a little close look at it. Infatuation is blind, not love. One of the quotes that I said in one of my videos. So that, that uh, T-shirt is available. A lot of my T-shirts are up under my YouTube videos. So if you want a T-shirt, they're up under my YouTube video. Uh, let's keep going and see what else I got here. 
Um, booking, if you want to book the coach after the quarantine, all that stuff, I would love to come and speak at your uh, – ah, that event was powerful. Oh, man, I was able to speak to the top uh, 100 uh, basketball players in about two years ago in the nation, so that was a great opportunity, as well as donate. Um, if you want to give the support what I do, that's also good. You can see the history of the ministry, mentoring program, courses, um, YouTube channel, podcast, books, card games. Got card games as well. If you need one-on-one coaching, donate, booking, all that good stuff, contact, worksheets, and clothing as well. So all that stuff is available on my website, and I would love to serve uh, 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 you and however I can. All right, let's get to the chat box. What else? Card games. Oh, I got my card games right here. I got two card games. All oh, my books are all, oh, well, yeah. Dating Prep is a book that helps you uh, date yourself and the love of your life forever. Because no matter what, fellas, no matter what, you get married, you got to continue to date. And also this game called Memory Muscle, a fun way to memorize scripture. All those resources, books and card games are available on my website. And I'm going to type it in right here. Are available on my website, Iamunplugged.com. Excuse me. All right, there we go. So those websites are there both on YouTube and on Facebook. Let me get to the question here. All right, here we go. Andrea Tucker says, I've prayed, renounced, and released a soul tie multiple times. So why can't I get that person out of my head, even if I've been off their social media and cut off all ties of communication? Great question, Andrea. Let me give you input. Um, If I get a paper cut, usually paper cuts will heal itself in a matter of a day or so, two days. But the significant, the wound, you have to be realistic about the time frame. And so uh, the goal is to keep doing it. The goal is to continue to forgive that person 70 times seven. Why would God, why would God say forgive a person 70 times 70, 490 times a day? Why would he say that? Because there's going to be some days where you might have to get up in the hundreds of forgiving that person. And so you have to be realistic about what happened. So think about it. Assess your relationship. How long did y'all date? How long was y'all together? Right? How, uh, what all happened intimately wise, right? You have to take in consideration everything that happened in a relationship and be realistic about how long it would take to heal because there's levels to a soul tie, there's levels of strength in a stronghold. And I got a book called um, The Purpose of Freedom How to Untie Soul Ties and Uproot Strongholds. That book right there, um, you'll see, is The Bird in the Cage. That book will help you really process your soul ties and get a better understanding and how a soul tie turns into a stronghold and how it takes a longer time to pull up a tree than it is a little weed. You see what I'm saying? So you got to you got to be realistic with the time frame and, and don't discourage yourself. Stay optimistic. Stay positive. Stay productive. Distract yourself with distractions. What I mean by that is distract yourself from thinking about that person. But you can't. You can't expect something that you had a tie to for years to be going in days or if not minutes. Um, so that book right there, if you go to my website, get that book. Uh, Holy Spirit told me to give it to you for free. Email me. I'll email you the PDF copy of that book tonight. And anybody who's watching this video right now, those who email me tonight, because man, I'll get about 100 and 150 and I want to give them out. I just don't have the time. You see what I'm saying? So everyone who emails or goes to my website, the website I just put up there, and go and contact me through the contacts page and say, hey, I need that book on spiritual warfare. I'll give you the free e-copy or PDF copy of that book, my friend. And that will kind of help you really understand the real the realities of it and what what is what can realistically be done in a, done in a certain time frame to overcome that issue. 
Hope they helped you, my friend. So contact me, and I'll make sure you get that book uh, tonight. So in the next 10 or 12 hours, uh, man, because people can watch this video tomorrow. You got until Friday, Friday at 6 p.m. Then I'll, th those people will get free books from me. Uh, nice setup. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We, 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 glory to glory. Boom, boom. We go up. All right. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. All right. Hi, coach. How do I not feel guilty when I say no and change my no to a yes? Great question. Hey, coach, how do I not feel guilty when I say no? No is self-care. No equals self-care. You cannot care about others more than you care for yourself or you will do them a disservice and ultimately do yourself a disservice, right? So my friend, you have to understand that no, you, you can't feel bad for looking out for yourself. And people will manipulate you because you have a track record of being a nice person. Or that person will always say yes. Let me, no, no, no. <clears throat> if you're not able to do it, if you're tired, get rest. See, one thing I tell people, I close about 10 o'clock every night. I close. Coach Josh is closed. I'm open 24 7 to my wife. But what I'm saying, I'm closed to people about 10 o'clock, 9, 10 o'clock, based upon these, how long these videos go. I'm closed. Let's see, make sure I got to check to make sure my wife didn't call. Uh, okay. Just making sure you got to check in and make sure my wife, my wife's out and about. But what I'm saying is, you got you to make sure that you're not. Um, so superhero minded that you forget to take care of you. You see what I'm saying? So how do you not feel guilty? Write down why you got to say no. You got to look at your life and say, why do I not really care about myself? Um, do I have a savers complex? Do I have insecurity? Do I like the company of people? So therefore I try to be around people. No, you got to say, you know what? I got to take care of me. No equal self-care. Any, anytime when you say no, and a person starts, but why, why you always, that person has a, a improper tie to you and that person only sees you for their benefit. When you say no, a person should be like, you know, what? I respect that. Got you. Say no the next time and see how to respond. And that will let you know the status of your relationship and change my no to a yes. You only change your no to a yes when the Holy Spirit leading, you know, that no matter what you say yes to towards God, you will always reap from it. There's not a time that I didn't say yes to God that God didn't, didn't uh, look out for me. Josh, wake up at 3 a.m. I need you to do this. I do it, and I'm, 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 I'm graced with supernatural energy for my day. God tell me to do this, and I'm refunded right back, if not more. So when God wants you to say yes, know that whatever he tells you to do, he will repay it. He will. He will. He will. You will get something out of it. That's what, that's what I'm trying to say. So I hope that helped, my friend. No equal self-care. And yes. God will take care of you if you care for what he wants you to say yes to. Uh, 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 Venita, I purchased my blue book. Love it. Thank you so much for getting it. I think it's the dating prep. I'm glad it's dating prep. I'm glad, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Thank you so much. Oh, Chelsea. Yep. 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 Oh, I thought you had your question. Chelsea, send me your question. That's so I can answer it. Joshua, I am, I am proud to announce that I have purchased three of your books. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Purpose of singing is purpose, freedom, and dating prep. Please let me know what you're getting from them. Man, the books that I'm working on right now, ooh, game changes, man. And those three books, I'm very proud of. I'm proud of all of my books, man. So, Andrea, uh, 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 Chelsea, I'm going to scroll down and see if you got your, got your question ready for me. 
And you got the hard copies. Thank you so much for supporting. I appreciate it. Let me see where you at, Chelsea. Oh, there we go. I promised Chelsea. So I didn't skip nobody. I promised Chelsea that I was going to get to her. How do you know which scriptures to go to for which situation? Sometimes situations come up for me and I may not know what scripture. Great question. Let's get, let me show you. Let me, uh, let me teach you how to fish. Let's go ahead and teach you how to fish. All right. My bad, y'all. I'm back. I closed the wrong screen. Now where I'm at? Okay. All right. Let's let's teach you how. Let's let's get you. Uh, where where am I at? Boy, technology, bro. All right. Uh, okay. All right. What we gonna do? I'm gonna show you exactly what I do. Okay. <clears throat> let's get there. Uh, share my screen. All right. Here we go. So this is what I do. I go to openbible.info, Chelsea. I go to openbible.info, and it says, what does the Bible say about, right? So whatever situation you're going through, all you got to do is type in, let's say, stress. Oh, can't spell. And then it will pull up scriptures on stress. I can't really see my screen like that. It's pretty small. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, right? Let's do that. You see what I'm saying? So now you got all these scriptures for your situation. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to, righteous to be moved. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives, etc. Let's look up words on doubt. The word of God on doubt. And there you go. You got top scriptures on doubt. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, etc. And Jesus answered him, truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, my scriptures on doubt. Let's look at, uh, um, what, what else? Chelsea, uh, let me know. So basically all you got to do is go to openbible.info and then you will be able to just simply, um, you will be able to find scriptures um, that pertain to situations and that's how I do it. So how do you know which scriptures to go to for which situation? Type that situation in and at least take five out of there, five ones that resonates with you, print them out, write them out and meditate on them. And that's what I do. And that's what helps me with sermon prep. It helps me when I'm really trying to get through some things in life. It's just a great resource to have. I hope they helped you, Chelsea. I ordered a shirt and I'm still waiting on it. I know. Uh, I think the Teespring, the company that I use, I think it's two, I think two, two weeks. It takes me to get, look at the, um, they got great customer service. All you got to do is call them up and ask them because my shirts are print on demand. So you call them and ask them what's going on your shirt, and especially with the whole COVID situation. Um, people's been getting their shirts a little bit later. So thank you for ordering the shirt. I hope you like it when you get it. And let me know when you get it. And those who have shirts, if you got them on Instagram, tag me and I would love to see how they look on you guys and all that good stuff. Let me see who, who I skipped. Okay. If you have, okay, there we go. All right. Just keep going, sis. Y'all encouraging each other. Okay. I ordered a shirt and I'm still waiting for it. It'll get to you. It'll get to you. 
Call them up tomorrow or check your confirmation to make sure. I don't know if they gave you a tracking and they should have. Next question. Taylor Janae, do I continue to forgive after abuse? We have a child together. And he wants to see her. How should I go about it? Mm, great question. Um, it depends on what agreement you have with the courthouse, I believe, and I'm guess, but you got to forgive because we have been abusive towards God. And he keeps forgiving us, right? When you compare your sins, when you compare your sins, oh, when you can, when you compare the sins of others towards your sins towards God, it makes forgiving their sins forgivable, right? Because God is still working this situation out for your favor. So you do not let yourself continue to be abused. That's where you set boundaries up. And I got video that talks about women and their boundaries. So you still set those boundaries, my friend. You set those boundaries. You say, listen, you will not do this and I would not allow it. And then you, I wouldn't even allow that man in your home. You, If you want to see our daughter, you set, you and the Holy Spirit come up with the best systems for you all so that, so that he can still see his daughter because that's his daughter. But seek God about that. I don't know if you have a pastor, a pastor that can help you counsel because counsel you or you can contact me because I need a little bit more nuance. I need to know what the agreement is. I need to know what uh, his temperament is. How is he abusing you and um, and what and what to do in that situation? Uh, but make sure that you don't put yourself in, an, in, a, in a situation where you will be abused, um, but you're only going to make him more angry if you keep his child away from him. Um, so there is a way. That y'all both that he can see your daughter, but I will also tell him that you know I'm not gonna we're not gonna come around you when you abusive. That's one thing we're not gonna do. Your my daughter don't deserve to be around a father that's abusive. And if you want to see my daughter, you have to learn how to respect us. That's definitely a boundary, and the Holy Spirit will let you know what the nuance. But let contact me and let me know how I can help you. Um, I got time for two more. I think because my jaws. Well, I got water. I've been talking, man. It's been human in Charlotte, North Carolina, man. Man, it's been human, man. I'm like, bruh, I don't mind being, you know, hot, but I don't like humidity. Do you believe that someone who is not a Christian is able to change their character, words, or attitude? Would you offer coaching to a non-Christian? Yeah. <clears throat> like, I, I offer coaching to anybody, but I do let them know that my my perspectives and my, my, pers my perspectives and my, um, comes from the word of God. Um, but I don't mind coaching them, but they, you know, it just, uh, it just depends. I, I always have that conversation with non-believers and let them know this is what I believe, but I don't mind helping you. I don't mind helping you with life. I could, my, the principles still work, uh, without the person, they may not work effectively. So then they'll discover it on their own, but then you, they do, they do need a savior. Do you believe that someone who is not a Christian is able to change their character? They're able to modify it, but they can't, they're not able to get rid of the, the, the corruption in them. Only the spirit of God can get rid of the corruption. Anybody can be good at business, good at finance, good at stuff, and be a caricature, a character that's able to do well in there. But if they're they only good at this, but they're not really good with the family. So, but I, I would offer coaching to a non-Christian for sure. So let me know how I can help you all. All right, here we go. I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. Miss Ron says, how can I survive with HSP, but everyone around me don't understand how sensitive I am? I slowly realize I don't have self-respect. What's, what's HSP? Let me look it up. A disorder causing inflammation and bleeding in the small blood vessels. Okay. Okay. 
Where you at? All right. Let me scroll up, find you. Okay. How can I survive with HSP? Make sure that you don't identify with it. I think the healing happens when habits change. So I will investigate. I'm not a doctor now, but I can just tell you that what you shouldn't do is, is identify with it. Don't say it's my HSP. Say that uh, I'm being I'm I'm being healed from HSP. I will overcome HSP. I will I will I will be healed from HSP, uh, and keep that positive mindset going, right? Um, because you don't want to continue to identify with it because your cells hear your words. You know what I'm saying like everything in your body lines up with what you say and believe. So you, I will survive. I will thrive from this. I will outlast this. I will uh, grow from it, and um. And that's and that's probably why that disease, inflammation is. Uh, uh, let me not act like I'm a doctor. <clears throat> I'll just stay. I'll stay in my lane on this. The lane that I know that I'm I'm able to do is a uh, self love. Something. It's something about when you love yourself that you heal yourself. You got to learn how to look at yourself and say, you know what? I don't care what I have. I have this now, but I will overcome it. And you got to practice self care. And self care is basically saying, okay, why don't I like myself? I want you to write down why you don't like yourself. And I want you to write down what does the word of God say about you and, and really be honest about uh, why you must start loving yourself. And you got to respect yourself because if not, okay, this is what I need you to do. Go watch this video. Uh, watch this right here. Seven things women must have, must have boundaries for. I need you to watch that. Uh, also, I need you to watch this video too. Eight ways women can guard their hearts. Those two videos I think would be beneficial to you and really help you. Kind of build that self-care. I think I'm gonna do another video next week on self-care and self-love for women. But but you can't you don't don't keep don't keep claiming that disease, man. You're just making it worse. Um get get optimistic, get positive, walk by faith, not by sight. See yourself healed, see yourself well, see yourself thriving from this, and build your self-love and self-care and, and watch God begin to heal you. I believe it. You just gotta believe it and know that it'll be manifesting in your life. Hope to help, my friend. All right, y'all. I got time. Maybe two more and I got to go. Coach Todd. I had two coaching sessions today. I had to work. Uh, uh, Zoom call with kids, man. Meetings all morning. So Coach Todd, how do you co-parent with a parent that does not want to respect the boundaries you have set? Get the court involved. And I'm just joking. If the fear of God don't work, put the fear of the court in there. Because some people, what's a God to a non-believer? You heard Kanye and them say that. That's real. A lot of people, what's God to not believe it? If you don't fear God, then you just gonna, but you won't suffer the consequence of it. I mean, I, I, I'm not a lawyer and I'm I'm saying it because I'm probably tired. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that if they can't respect your boundaries, get the court involved. And let's see how he acts up after that. Because they don't fear God, they'll fear the courts. Out of the body, into the body, I cannot tell. I don't know if that's the spirit of God in me. So take that, take that to the Holy Ghost. What I'm saying right now, take it to the Holy Spirit. That's just what I would say. But I want you to always make sure that you say, well, I'm lined up with the spirit of God about this. So like Paul said, man, I don't even know if it's God, if it's God, if it's me, if it's me, I'm letting you know ahead of time so that you can take it for a grain of salt. Take it for what it is and take it to God and see what he wants you to do. But that's just my advice. <clears throat> that's what I would do. I'm not telling you what to do. That's just what I would do. And for those who give advice and put your own game, never tell a person what they should do. Because you held liable to that. Don't tell a person what they should do. Tell them what you would do. This is what I would do. Um, it, and also keeps them that if, if uh, it just keeps your hands clean. That's for those who give advice. This is what I would do. I'm not saying you should do it, but this is what I would do. 
And so they you they'll know that I ain't tell you to do that, bro. I ain't tell you to do that, young lady. That's on you. So that's how you safeguard yourself. All right, y'all. I gotta go. Self-care, y'all. Which means I gotta go. I love y'all. Let's see. I always like to look at the bottom. Thank you, coach. You're so welcome. Yeah, that's crazy. They fear courts and cops, but not God. That's unfortunate. But you know, <clears throat> every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So yeah, thank you, Coach. You're so welcome. Why do you have a hard time showing affection? Why do some have a hard time? They never, they, they didn't have no love, my friend. They didn't have no love. So it's hard for them to show affection. It was hard for me when I got married. I'm not really a cuddling person. You know what I'm saying? So my wife is helping me become a cuddler. You know what I'm saying? A cuddler. I just was, I didn't grow my, my mom hugged me and stuff, but I just didn't grow up affectionate like that. Now affectionate other areas, but affection like hugging and and cuddling, that just wasn't familiar to me. So everyone has to work on. Uh, so be gracious with them, be kind with them, um, and all that good stuff. Uh hey Josh, I've been having confusion about this relationship. I'm in. What's your advice? Um, uh, the God is not the author of confusion, author of clarity. So you got to get clear, find the facts behind the feelings, get clear on what this relationship is. If it's a relationship with God, keep going. If not, let it go. And most re- most time people stay in a relationship because of soul ties. Uh, but if you have confusion, stop the relationship right now until you get clarity. That's what I'll tell anybody. If you're confused about a thing, oh, y'all ain't slick. Let me get up out of here. What I'm trying to say is, is if, if you're confused, stop it. Say, you know what? I don't know what this is. I think we need to take some time away to find out what we need to do. We need clarity because you never want to continue to walk in confusion. Never continue to walk in confusion. Anytime you confuse, stop until you get clarity and then you walk again. Coaches out. I love y'all. T-shirts on under the, under the video, T-shirts online, books on my website, uh, ways to give, ways to support, all that good stuff. It's all available there. I love y'all. Y'all know I do. And I'll see y'all next week. Next week, we're probably going to be talking about Probably temptations next week. I think that's next on my syllabus. So I love you. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.